The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Imelda Keenan vanished without a trace in January of 1993, leaving her family devastated and seeking answers for 30 years. Described as quiet by those who knew her, the details of her disappearance have remained pretty unchanged throughout the years. Uh, the uh, niece of Imelda Keenan, Gina Kerry, has tirelessly campaigned for attention to her aunt's case, doubting the official process and believing that Imelda was murdered. That's according to reports in today's Irish Independent. Well, I'm joined on the line by Imelda Keenan's niece, uh, Gina Kerry. Gina, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. It, it's a long time ago, uh, Gina, but I'm sure the detail of when you learned that your aunt had disappeared is still vivid for you. Yes, definitely. Um, I was there when the Gardaí knocked on the door um, on the 3rd of January, about half 11 that night, and um, told my granny, Amelda's mother, that Amelda was reported missing that day. Now, tell us uh, the, the circumstances. Where was she living at the time? Was she living in a, the family home, or had she moved out, or, or what was her circumstance? Um, Imelda moved down to Waterford um, a few years before that. She wanted to get her own independence. She had um, a dream and she wanted to, to fulfil that. Like, um, So as she had two brothers down there, she knew that she'd have um, somebody you know, to keep an eye out for her and get her on her feet. So that's what she did. She went down. She lived with Jerry for a while. and She lived with her brother Michael for a while, but then she got her own little place in Waterford City. Now, now the, the family home was in Mount Melik, but uh, the family had uh, left as each uh, child became an adult. They all went their own way, and her way was to join her brothers in, in Waterford. And the day of her disappearance, what was she doing, and where was she going when she left her home? Um, so we were told by her partner at the time that Imelda got ready um washed her hair, made him a cup of tea and between one and a half one said she was going to the GPO to get her social welfare payment. Um, at half past four he went to Melda's brother um, and said that Melda was missing and Ned just tried to calm him down and just said look it's only two hours just give it a little bit longer. So it was only when it was getting dark when um, Ned really started to get wise because he knew then that wasn't Melda's character to, to be out so late and not to be you know to let anybody know. So Ned went to the Gardaí then and reported Melda um, as a missing person. Um, how did the guards react? Because we know even to this day, uh, when adults go missing, the Gardaí don't um, have a red alert straight away because they say people are free uh, sometimes to remove themselves from their normal lives and decide to go missing. So how seriously did the Gardaí treat it initially? Well, back in the day, uh, with my understanding of it, what what I seen with my family, my they they were trusted them. The guardies just said, like, look, leave it with us, um, tr- trust the process. And they did do searches in the woodland. They did it in the river, um, to search the river in Waterford. Um, they took a statement from my uncle Ned and um, her partner, but that was it. Then um, after after two weeks, it died down. After two weeks, after it died down. Now, the, the circumstances yeah. uh, of her departure from her home, um, I suppose when you look back on it, a bit strange because she was going to pick up the dole, but it turned out it was a bank holiday. Yeah, it was a bank holiday um, at the time. So what happened was when Melda got reported missing on the 3rd, the family all got together on the, on the 4th and they went to Waterford straight away. 
and they decided to go into Amelda's um, flat to have a look around, you know, just, just to see could they, they come up with anything or any clues or anything like that. So when they went in, they noticed that Melda's glasses were still there, her cigarettes, her belongings that you would take if you were going out, like your ID or whatever, to, to go to the post office. And also that um, Christmas presents weren't opened under the tree and there was Christmas presents not given to her nephews also. So we found that very strange because nobody really opens Christmas presents in January. If, if anything, it, it could be Christmas Eve, but never in January. So that was an alarm bell for, for the family straight away. Um, it just didn't add up, but... Yeah, because we're, we're talking about January the 3rd when she was reported missing, that she'd been gone for a couple of hours, uh, but uh, the presents not delivered and other presents to her uh, not opened, uh, which uh, is concerning. It's very concerning. And the fact that there was a reed still um, there for to put on, on her grandfather's grave, Melda sent us all Christmas cards um, a couple of weeks before and she she put a letter in one of them to say she would be down. Also, her uncle, or my Melda's brother Ned, went to the apartment twice in the Christmas period to, to talk to Melda, and he couldn't get her. So he waited, he, the light was on, he waited for like an hour and a half, no answer. He went back another day, no answer. So none of the Kina family seen Melda in a two-week period. Ned was the last one to see her two weeks before Christmas. Hmm. So this was... Um, it's strange for us yeah. as well. Now, now, the kind of girl that Amelda was, uh, she was quiet. That's the description that's given of her. Um, she wouldn't have, you know, easily chatted to strangers, but was very comfortable among friends. Yeah, Amelda, unless you know her, she, she'd open up, but it would take a lot. Like, Amelda just wouldn't walk up um, and, and talk to, to someone in a car or, you know, she'd have to probably meet people through people and yeah. you know that's what's where like I even asked her one time because I was living in England and when I came home oh can we go and, and tum because I never knew about this tum and I, I heard it was a thing in Ireland and she was terrified no I, I wouldn't do it you know like Melda um, would not like talk just go and just run off with anyone or yeah. get into a car if Melda always had a problem she'd go to her brother Ned and if she was upset Ned worked with the trains and often he would put Melda on a train to go home to, to County Leash. Yeah. So because she never came to Ned, it really worried him because she, she would in the past. If she had any issue, Ned was where she'd uh, turn. Yes, exactly. She'd go to Ned and she'd say, oh, I, I wanna, cause she, she was very close to her mother and she'd say, look, I want to go home to Mammy. And Ned would say, no problem, on the train, she'd be gone. So why, why wouldn't she do it this time? Yeah. Now, the, the Gardaí treated uh, the case as a missing persons case um, because there was no evidence at all of, of foul play. Eventually, though, they did add her to Operation Trace. Isn't that so? Yes, Operation Trace um, had a look. At, they were trying to link her in with a, a serial killer, but no matter how much we expressed to the Gardaí, you know, that we don't believe this This is what happened to Melda. Like, we think someone close to Melda or someone that knew Melda, you know, in Waterford um, had the answers to, to her mm. disappearance. We don't link her to anyone, anybody else or any of the other missing um, people yeah. in Ireland. Now, she had some uh, broken bones, but that, I suppose, can be explained by a condition that she suffered from. When I was younger, Melda, I saw Melda, like, she had, like, bandages on her arm or she'd have, like, a neck brace or she'd be on crutches. And I, I said to her, because I was very close to Melda, very, and she uh, she said to me, um, oh, I, I just have brittle bones. But I think now I'm more mature, 
you know, a lot older. I think, you know, that they were, it was more than, but I think, you know, some sort of injuries happened to her, like. That that some third party actually injured her and caused those uh, broken bones and bandages and so on that she uh, dismissed to you uh, as a brittle bone condition. Yeah. Um, the, but when I look back, sorry. Yeah, when you look back on it, you have a different view. I do, because it's only come, it's, you know, it's come to, since I've done a lot of research into Melda and, and Waterford, you know, I've, you know, I found out Melda's, you know, a new circle of friends and stuff. And um, there's a lot that the family never knew about Melda that's only coming to light now. Now, uh, the, what are those elements? Uh, I mean, were there people she was hanging around with that the family were not aware of, that Ned wasn't aware of, for instance? Yes, exactly. So Melza had a circle of friends, a small, tight net friends, but then she gradually uh, moved away from them and they lost contact with Melza and then she ended up getting a new circle of friends and that that I only found out recently and um, it's my understanding that they, they were a lot older than Melza. Now, uh, more than 10 years ago, um, in 2012, uh, a search was uh, happening around a derelict bungalow in Ferrybank. How did that come about? So what happened was a psychic uh, medium got in contact with us and they said that they they feel that they know where Melda is. So we went down to Waterford and they brought us over to Ferrybank and volunteers helped us to do a dig just to, um, in a house that was abandoned. And we, we did a dig. The psychic said that she was there um, so the volunteers got the diggers in and they, they dug for us, but uh, nothing came of it. Now, the the question of her disappearance, you are convinced that she was murdered? A million percent. I In my heart, I I don't believe that Melda ran off or she committed suicide. I think Melda was murdered. She did not go missing. I believe, to my understanding and my opinion, that on the third, because of what I have seen all over the Christmas with the honour of the Christmas presents and... Um, Melda had a diary and she always confided, she always told me how important it was to write everything in a diary and she she even bought me my first diary. That diary went missing at the same time as Melda. We've never found a diary or Melda. They're the only two things that went missing out of the class. So the, the diary might have uh, revealed her innermost thoughts and the difficulties she was having with uh, whatever uh, group of people that she was involved with. Now, when um, she was last seen, she was um, described as wearing a white jumper, leopard skin ski pants, blue denim jacket and black shoes. She was slim, brown hair, five feet, four inches in height. Uh, but it's a long time ago, even though it was a bank holiday, people might back in 1993 have some recollection of that. But it's it's a, a stretch to ask anyone to remember seeing an individual, a young female, so long ago. Yeah, it's it's so hard for people to remember. And we have to take that into like into consideration. Like, and, you know, but it, I feel that if there was more done back at the start when she did go missing, if her flat had been sealed off for forensics and if, if you know, they, it was taken more seriously, not as a runoff or a suicide, that I, I do believe we would have found Melda sooner. And finally, Gina, what's the status of the investigation by the Gardaí today? Is it an active investigation? It's 
active on the Keenan family side. It's very active with us and the people in Waterford. But as the guards, it's very hard for us to get a meeting with them. I have independent witnesses um, that have vital information that want to talk to the guardie. And I am just fighting every day to, to meet these guards to try, to try and get them to listen. Well, Gina, I hope you are successful in getting a resolution to this. Um, listening to the story, it does not seem very likely that Imelda is still with us in any place or a, in any shape at all. So um, just to get it resolved would give the family, I suspect, some peace. Yes, that's all my family wants. They've wanted for years. They've seen loved ones passing away, not known. I'm looking my uncle Jerry. As everybody knows, Jerry Keenan, and it's breaking my heart for him and the rest of my family. So, like, look, I'll keep fighting the fight with my family, and hopefully, that the guys will just believe us that she's not missing, she's murdered, and we want this upgraded. Well, look, Gina, I wish you the best in trying to get this resolution, and uh, thank you very much for joining us on the programme today. That's Gina Kerry, the niece of Amelda Keenan, who vanished without uh, a trace on the 3rd of January in 1993. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.